Destinations Beyond Expectations is powered by Group Experience. Visit groupexperience.com to learn how to build your travel tribe. What's up? This is DBE, and I'm your host, Stevie G. Today's episode is a good one, but before we dive in, I've got a few quick things to mention. A reminder to hit that subscribe or follow button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else you are listening. You can also visit dbetravel.com to check out the entire episode library and to support the show on Patreon. And don't forget that Destinations Beyond Expectations is on groupexperience.com as well, so you can listen to the show there too. Be sure to follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram, and if you like the show, spread the word. Okay, my guest today is Molly from the Molly Gone Wild blog. Like most of us, Molly is someone who loves to travel and see the world, but making sure her travels are done in a responsible way is something she always tries to keep in mind. We'll get into that a little bit more during the episode. I read one of Molly's blogs about her experience visiting Carlsbad Caverns National Park in New Mexico, and that's what we'll be covering today. Be sure to scroll down to the show notes and find the blog post we're reviewing, along with more info about the Molly Gone Wild blog. I think you'll enjoy today's conversation, so let's meet Molly and learn more about Carlsbad Caverns National Park. Molly, welcome to Destinations Beyond Expectations. Thank you so much for taking some time to join the show. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really looking forward to our chat. I'm looking forward to it too. And we're talking about Carlsbad and Carlsbad Caverns, um, which is truly such a unique place. Now, for any listener that may not be familiar with the caverns, can you explain where Carlsbad Caverns National Park is on the map? And then, you know, just give us a brief history of how the caverns came to be. Yeah, absolutely. So Carlsbad Caverns National Park is located in southeastern New Mexico, and it's just around 20 miles from the Texas border. Um, To understand how the caverns came to be, we have to go way, way back in time, about 250 to 280 million years ago, which is a really, really, really long time. And I have to admit that it's even difficult for me to kind of wrap my head around that scale and that history. But 250 million years ago, there was this massive inland sea and coral reef system where New Mexico is today. And it's within this fossilized reef system that we find Carlsbad Caverns, as well as about 300 other limestone caves. And there's still some debate about how exactly Carlsbad Caverns came to be. Uh, But the general hypothesis is that water was rich in hydrogen sulfide and forgive me for going a little bit into the science because it is pretty interesting. This hydrogen sulfide rich water seeped into cracks and fractures in the rock in this fossilized reef. And there it mixed with rainwater and the oxygen in the rainwater created sulfuric acid. And it's thought that this acid essentially dissolved the limestone from the inside out, creating these massive underground caverns. And the idea is that they formed first underground, and then eventually sort of broke through to the surface. And then over many, many more years, large chunks of rock fell from the ceilings, creating even bigger rooms and caverns underground. And then over many more years, water 
brought mineral deposits into the caverns, which has created the super dramatic stalactites and stalagmite formations that you see in the caverns today. So a little bit of a complicated history, but the caverns were eventually designated as a national park in 1930, and visitors have been coming to see this totally otherworldly spectacle ever since. I love that. And thank you so much for going into the the science behind the, the caverns. Um, do they, if, if you're to visit the caverns, do they kind of do a good job of uh, sharing that information with visitors as well? Can you learn a lot about the science part when you actually visit the caverns? Yes, you absolutely can. They have, like most national parks, they have a fantastic visitor center with all sorts of different installations and exhibits and explanations for what you're seeing. And they also have, at least our experience when we were there, down in the caverns, they had rangers walking around. And those rangers were really eager to answer questions and provide explanations. That's where we actually had a really interesting discussion around some of the different hypotheses that people have put forward about the formation of these caverns. So plenty of opportunities to learn a lot on a visit. Great. Now let's get into actually visiting the caverns because reservations are required to visit the caverns. Can you walk us through the reservation process? Yeah, of course. So reservations can be made online or via phone. When we visited, I used the Carlsbad Caverns National Park Service website to make our reservations. And I found that process to be super quick and simple. So using the uh, online reservation system, you will be asked to select the date of your visit, the entry time, and the number of people in your party. And one thing that's helpful to know is that when you're asked to select your entry time, you're actually able to enter the caverns anytime within the hour of that time. So for example, if you select 10.30 a.m. as your entry time, you can arrive and check in and enter anytime between 10.30 and 11.30 a.m. When you're doing the process online, to complete your reservation, you will be asked to pay $1 per ticket to reserve your entry. So there is a payment page you'll have to go through. But once you've completed that, you receive a confirmation via email. And all you have to do is bring that confirmation with you to the Park Visitor Center upon arrival when you check in in person. You'll show them that email confirmation and then you'll pay your park fees. If you don't have any sort of pass, entry tickets are $15 per person for anyone 16 and older. But if you are a pass holder, like a National Parks pass holder, uh, your entry is free. And then once you're all checked in and paid up into the caverns, you go. Perfect. Thanks for, again, all that great information. Now, at this point, someone's made the reservation and they're actually at the caverns. And, you know, when exploring the caverns, it's important to be wearing the right shoes and and probably a couple of layers. Can you talk about the conditions that visitors should expect, like when they're inside? Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned this because I have to say before my visit, I don't think I fully understood the scale of Carlsbad Caverns. And so I was kind of expecting, oh, you know, pop your head into a cave, take a quick look around and head back out into the light. But it is so, so much more than that. So I'll give you a little bit of a description to sort of set the scene. 
visitors can access the caverns either by taking an elevator all the way down to the bottom of the cave or by walking down into the cave through the natural entrance. I alluded to that earlier. The natural entrance, as the name implies, is where the cave actually opens up and connects to the world above ground. And if you are able, I highly, highly recommend walking down into the cave and then taking the elevator up at the end of your visit. By walking into the cave, you get a real sense of the magnitude of the space and the depth of the cavern because you just keep walking and walking and walking. And you get to experience the really interesting transition of habitats as well from the surface zone to the twilight zone and eventually all the way into the heart of the cavern. But as you suggest, Stevie, it's super important to be prepared because this trail that you'll follow into the heart of the cavern is about one and a quarter miles long and it descends the equivalent of 79 stories into the earth. So if you choose to walk, I highly recommend wearing comfortable, sturdy walking shoes. The trails also can be wet because there are places where water is dripping and sort of seeping into the cavern. And there's a pretty decent incline on the trail as you descend those 79 stories. Once you get down into the cave, the temperature stays at a constant 56 degrees. So it's chilly. Um, I recommend bringing a layer or two so that you can ensure that you have plenty of time to really explore. We spent about three hours total in the cave, and that felt like just enough time to explore all the different sections, you know, take some moments to pause and sort of soak it all in. And you really don't want to worry about getting cold while you're down there trying to enjoy your experience. The one other thing I'll mention about being prepared um, is lighting. A lot of people ask whether they'll need headlamps or flashlights to enter the cave. The Park Service has that covered for you. The cave is really nicely lit by soft installed lighting. So there's no need for you to bring any sort of extra um, gear with you. And this, this lighting really highlights all of the diverse formations in the caves, the lily pad formations, the shelves, the pools, and the stalactites and stalagmites. Now you kind of talked about this you know, throughout your your different an- answers, but I want to get your thoughts on what makes Carlsbad Caverns like so particularly unique compared to other caverns. Is it the dramatic stalactite and stalagmite formations? Um, is it you know the amount of walking that you can do and like the sheer size of it? What is it that makes Carlsbad Caverns so unique? It's a great question. I think I think it's a combination of things. I think the formations in the cave really are outstanding. It is like looking at incredible artwork, incredible sculpture work, but then you come to understand that it's through natural processes over thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years that have created these things. And there's something really powerful about realizing that. Um, But I think it's the scale that really sets the 
Carlsbad Caverns apart from other caves. If you're a cave connoisseur, you've probably seen really neat stalactite, stalagmite uh, formations. But I think it's the experience of walking from room to room to room. It's just this endless array of incredible caverns. And that scale is what really kind of boggles the mind. A funny little anecdote we read while we were down in the cavern that hints at the scale is that at one point, there were plans to blast a tunnel to connect the cave to above ground, build a road and allow automobiles to drive through the caverns to view the the uh, amazing sights. Thankfully, that plan was eventually nixed <laughs> and the cavern is still preserved today. But that gives you a sense if they thought hundreds of cars could drive through this cavern each day. It is really just ginormous. Wow. Thanks. That's a great anecdote there. Um, (laughs) Now, for anyone visiting Carlsbad Caverns National Park, it probably makes sense for them to stay in the nearby town of Carlsbad, New Mexico. Um, I'd like to ask you about a few things around the town of Carlsbad for visitors to check out, starting with the Blue House Bakery and Cafe. What makes the Blue House Bakery and Cafe a perfect stop for coffee or a pastry? So I'm I'm a big believer in supporting locally owned businesses whenever possible when traveling. And I think we all know, you know, tourism can be a really, really important industry for so many communities. And spending our travel dollars at locally owned restaurants or hotels or businesses means more of those economic benefits stay within the local community. So when I visited Carlsbad, I found a couple of great little spots, including the Blue House Bakery and Cafe. And as the name suggests, the cafe is housed in this sweet little house, little blue house. It used to be a residential property many years ago, been converted into a cafe. And they now serve a wide variety of baked goods, as well as a full breakfast menu and hot drinks and all sorts of goodies at really, really affordable prices. Um, So even if you don't need a full meal, if you are just looking for a coffee or a pastry, I highly recommend stopping by and definitely snag a little sweet treat. I tried their rosemary shortbread and it was really delicious. And, you know, another local gem that you, you talked about in your blog is the Guadalupe Mountain Brewing Company, which seems like a great place to stop and grab a craft brew. Uh, what are the vibes in the beer like at Guadalupe Mountain Brewing Company? Yeah, this was a super fun, bustling little spot. It's located right off one of the main highways in and out of town. So it's super easy to find. And the night that we went there, there were a lot of families, groups of friends, groups of guys having a beer after work. Um, They have a really spacious indoor area and a walk-up counter where you can order food and beer. So it's super, super casual. They also have patio seating. Um, When we were there, it was a little on the chilly side, but the patio seating was still really nice, nice to be outside. And uh, my husband and I, we tried a couple of their beers. We really like their porter, a good winter beer, you know, rich, flavorful, not too sweet. It was really nicely done. And my husband and I are also vegetarian, and we love that they had quite a few different veggie pizza options. 
if you go, I definitely recommend adding the New Mexico green chilies, which is sort of a classic New Mexico food. Add that to their veggie pizza and you will have a very classic New Mexico flavor. Awesome. So we've talked about now a couple local places to grab, you know, a treat or some something good to drink. Um, is there anything else outside of the caverns that visitors might want to explore if they're visiting the Carlsbad area? Yeah, that's a great question. I think often places that have a national park, you know, the national park becomes the magnet. That's what everyone goes to see. But this area around Carlsbad is a super interesting area. Uh, the region has a really long history starting, you know, 12, 14,000 years ago when indigenous tribes were living in the Guadalupe Mountains. Um, and these tribes, one of which was the Mescalero Apaches, they made their homes in the area for many thousands of years until their existence was threatened in the fifth, starting around the 1500s with the Spanish and later the Mexicans and Americans. So there's a really um, powerful indigenous history in this area. But Carlsbad, New Mexico, the town, is is home to you know 60,000 people. It's, it's a major hub of industry. They have a lot of petroleum industries, potash mining, and then tourism. So if you are looking for other things to do in the area, there's a lot of little hidden gems to check out. One thing I would recommend is um, the Pecos River Walk. It's this lovely paved trail that follows the edge of the Pecos River, which cuts right through the center of town. You can get up close to the river at nearby Carlsbad Spring Park and take in the views of the Pecos River Flume, which is this kind of neat, almost bridge-like structure. Um, if you're interested in learning more about the wildlife and plant life in the region, you might want to check out the Living Desert Zoo and Garden State Park. You can learn about the animals and plants that make their homes in the Chihuahuan Desert on a 1,200-acre desert garden exhibit. So it's a, it's a really expansive area, has a lot of great um, installations and exhibits to learn from. If you're traveling with a dog, I highly recommend checking out the Carlsbad City Dog Park. It's located right on the edge of the river, so super, super pretty setting. I took my little dog there while we were visiting and we had it all to ourselves. It was delightful, so definitely a tip for the, uh, the folks that travel with their pups. And I think lastly, I would say if you're looking to explore further beyond town, um, you might consider Guadalupe National Park. There is actually another national park in the area. And we heard great recommendations for McKittrick Canyon. It's supposed to be just a gorgeous place to hike. And I've heard it also has amazing foliage in the fall. Um, even though we didn't, we didn't have time to hike this area, we did drive through the mountains there and the scenery is really stunning. So Molly, after reading your Molly Gone Wild blog, which by the way, I loved and is, I think is fantastic, um, I learned that responsible travel is something that's really important to you. What should visitors to the Carlsbad area keep in mind to, bo to be both socially and environmentally responsible during their trip? Yeah, well, thanks. I'm so, I'm so glad you uh, found the blog. And it's a really great question. And I think 
maybe I'll quickly start with a little bit of a definition of responsible travel in case all of your listeners aren't familiar with that that idea. Um, Responsible travel is essentially the idea that each of us as individual travelers can make choices that minimize the negative social and environmental impacts of traveling while maximizing benefits for local communities, the environment, the economy, and for visitors themselves. And it essentially means following sustainable tourism practices leaving us to enjoy incredible and forgettable experiences while also leaving positive impacts on the places that we visit. So for folks visiting Carlsbad, I would suggest uh, a couple of different things. First, consider traveling in the off season. National parks and the towns around them get a lot of visitors in the summer months. Kids are off school, that's when everyone is traveling. If you have the flexibility in your schedule to travel off season, you as a traveler will benefit from lower prices and fewer crowds, but you'll also help put less stress on local infrastructure, roads, whatnot, and the environment. Imagine you know hundreds of people hiking on a trail each day versus just a handful of people. Um, and it's also a great way to give local businesses a little bit of a boost during their low season as well. So that brings me to my second recommendation of supporting local businesses. As I mentioned, um, you know, I I was able to find some really sweet local family-owned businesses. You will see a lot of roadside chain fast food restaurants in Carlsbad. It is a town that a lot of people move through. But if you dig a bit deeper, you'll find those locally owned spots and I really encourage you to seek those places out. Um, It'll help your dollars stay within the local community. And those types of local businesses always have such great stories and and it just, it provides a really different experience to to seek out um, those small businesses when you travel. I think third, I would um, encourage travelers especially to the Carlsbad area, to be respectful of the local environment. This means things like practicing leave no trace principles when you're out hiking or camping or exploring, following rules and regulations in park areas, never taking plants or rocks from protected areas. And in in Carlsbad in particular, being really mindful and and trying to minimize your water use since it is a region that often struggles with really extreme drought conditions. Um, And finally, I think a big part of responsible travel is kind of slow travel, really immersing yourself in the place. And so I always encourage travelers to keep an open mind, get to know some locals, you know, ask lots of questions, tip well at restaurants, read about the history of the place that you're visiting, and look beyond those top 10 lists or those, you know, most Instagrammable spots. I think it's easy to get caught up in that, but go that one step further and it usually means a more rewarding travel experience for you as well. Molly, I love those suggestions. And you know, I wanted to ask, is responsible travel, is that a concept that you've kind of grown into kind of being open to, or is that something you've always, you know, had in mind when traveling? Can you talk, you know, tell me about how you got into, uh, you know, the concept of responsible travel? 
Yeah, it's a really good question. And I will be the first to admit that it's really hard to always travel responsibly. Um, I, I have always been really passionate about environmental conservation. And so I think part of my passion for responsible travel grew out of that, understanding the climate impacts of travel, understanding that often travel can be, you know, the tourism industry can be a force for negative impacts. Let's say you want to build a beautiful beachfront hotel. Well, sometimes that means cutting down mangroves and destroying local ecosystems. So it's a really comp, you know, the tourism industry, like any, is a really complicated industry with lots of positive and negative impacts. But my personal passion for environmental conservation and wildlife uh, protection led me to think more critically about the travel choices I was making. Like I said, though, it's really hard. We as travelers don't always have the luxury of choice. And I experienced that a lot on the road trip that led me to Carlsbad Caverns. A lot of places, your only options to stay, for example, are chain hotels, Best Western, Holiday Inn. Not that there's you know anything wrong with that, but it just means that it's a lot harder to find sustainable accommodations in certain places. So I also like to think of responsible travel as a constant process, a constant area of growth and learning. No one is going to be perfect. We are going to be constrained by our budgets and what is available to us, but it's something to strive towards. And every little choice we make, having that one meal at a local restaurant, hiring that local guide, every single one of those choices put together, I think has a lot of power for good. So I want to loop back to your Molly Gone Wild blog, which covers a lot of great destinations and contains some really great travel tips. Can you tell the listeners more about your blog and website? Yeah, for sure. So um, I started my travel blog as a way to combine my two passions of travel and sustainability. Um, So on my blog, I share, you know, destination recommendations, I share sustainable lifestyle resources, reflections from trips near to home and far, far away from home. I provide a variety of itineraries, hotel reviews, gear reviews, hiking recommendations, a whole assortment of things. Um, But as we've discussed, I do focus on responsible travel and trying to provide concrete down-to-earth tips for people looking to make more responsible travel choices. Um, And I really do believe that a sustainable lifestyle and sustainable travel should be attainable, affordable, and enjoyable for all. It shouldn't require thousands of dollars or making sacrifices. So through my blog and my Instagram, I I hope to inspire others to make those sustainable choices in, in life and travel. And I recently published some articles about um traveling in the Bahamas and I'm writing a few more about some other U.S. national parks. So if those destinations catch your attention, definitely keep an eye out for those. So you just mentioned your Instagram. Where can we go to keep up with your blog and your travel adventures on social media? 
Yeah. So um, my blog is mollygonewild.com. And my handle on Instagram is at mollygonewild. So pretty, pretty simple. (laughs) So Molly, I want to close with a question that I ask all my guests on the show. Um, Destinations Beyond Expectations is the podcast designed for students of travel. And I want to ask you if you would consider yourself to be a student of travel? And if so, I mean, you've already shared some great lessons, but is there any other insight or knowledge that you can share with the listeners today? Yeah, I just love this idea so much. I think I certainly consider myself a student of travel and this idea really, really resonates with me because I do think travel has taught me more about the world than almost anything else. and I think, I think travel has taught me and continues to teach me every time I take a trip, whether it's down the street or, you know, across the country or around the world, it teaches me about the kind of person I want to be. And I think it's taught me to move through the world with an open heart and a curious mind. Um, it's, it's certainly taught me the importance of compassion and empathy for others it's when you when you travel those distances between you and others don't seem so big anymore um it's taught me a a lot about the immense resilience and diversity of people and nature around the world and it's also given me confidence that i i didn't know i had i think through various travel experiences I've learned I can navigate unknown places and I can do things I thought I would never do. So I I think for me, being a student of travel is really about that open mind, that curious mind and sort of accepting the lessons that each new place and each new person that we bump into will uh, share with us. I love that answer. Uh, Molly, thank you so much for taking some time to join me today to talk about Carlsbad Caverns National Park and the town of uh, Carlsbad. I really appreciate you sharing your knowledge with all of us. Thank you so much for having me on. This was a really, really great conversation. Well, that about does it for this week. A huge DBE thank you to Molly from the Molly Gone Wild blog. Please make sure to visit her website, mollygonewild.com, and you can follow her travel adventures at mollygonewild on Instagram. DBE is also on Instagram. You can give the show a follow at Destinations Beyond Expectations. And don't forget to give five stars and a review to Destinations Beyond Expectations on Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you use to listen to the show. In addition to the DBE podcast, you can watch me every Thursday on the Destination Dispatch live stream show, which broadcasts on Group Travel Odyssey's Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn pages. So stay connected to Group Travel Odyssey on Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn, and I look forward to seeing you on Thursday. Well, that's about all I've got for this week. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and I will talk to you soon.